Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I never really know what to say to Turk's stupid surgery buddies, but I'm getting better. So, how's surgery? It rocks. My bedroom. That's where I really operate. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> Come on, show Todd some love. I hate showing Todd love. the most likely to say everybody needs to shut down everybody needs to shut down we can't do anything and he was caught maskless <laughs> at a big old birthday party at uh at french laundry a couple couple weeks ago right and then now we're all in complete lockdown again like nobody it was two weeks ago and then he got caught in a he initially came out first there was a report and he initially said we were outside we were socially distanced we were uh, less than eight people. And then, right. of course, pictures came out after the fact. And they were inside. There was 15 <laughs> people. Nobody had masks. And they weren't socially distant. And it's like, dude, you got caught once. Just cop right. to it. Then he lied. And then he got caught twice kind of thing. He is like in this position where he, he needs to, he thinks he needs to be like the social social distancing Jesus or something. It's like. We're fallible, Gavin. Just accept it. Exactly. We all we all have fouls. We all um, have fouls. We all have fouls. Anyway, so this is Did You Reddit? Weekly podcast about the internet by way of Reddit, the front page of the internet. My name is It's Your Dad. Dr. Elvin Touche again. <laughs> and uh, what's my name today? Oh, WAP. WAP. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> a good, good appropriate name for a sad, sad pod we're doing today. Trying to liven it up today. I know. I hear that. So, so today we are we are continuing our exploration of Ask Docs, um, which I would say is the is one of the best. The more the more I get to know it, I'm saying one of the best resources on the internet for uh for I, I kind of say everybody, anybody with a health concern, but particularly people who can't get in with their gp can't you know maybe don't have health insurance yeah or you know search webmd and it says you have a brain tumor and you're going to be dead in 72 hours like this is this is a good option for exploring uh some of your medical concerns but where we left off last week is last week we had kind of discussed the nitty-gritty of what happens on on uh on ask docs but all knowing that today we were going to be talking about uh, the reason we discovered Astocs in the first place, which was a series of posts uh, from a a user called Med Throwaway eighty seven EL, um, and it is you know as as I think I probably said last time, it's it's one of the saddest things I've ever seen on the internet, let alone Reddit. And but but it's we're not reading this and going through this because we're just we're just you know martyr or martyrs we're not we're not a uh, gluttons for sadness yeah we think that this is also this is a good example of uh, uh the profound the profundity of the sub because i think this sub is is it doesn't just show uh it doesn't just have doctors saying hey you should get that checked out it's like it really explores some of the nuances of what it means to be healthy and unhealthy 
and have a community and some of the flaws of our systems. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot of elements to it that I think is pretty impactful, but, um, but yeah, so we wanted to read the whole thing. We wanted to go through everything. Um, so, uh, so to continue where we left off, you know, just as a reminder, ask, ask docs is a very significant subreddit. I mean, how many, how many, the subscribers were their dog I it's don't like all, all, over a quarter of a million it's two hundred and sixty six thousand. Right. yeah so it's so it's very significant and and it's been growing uh a lot during quarantine which we would speculate is largely because uh or at least i would say this is because with covid it has it has made it a lot harder for people to go ask their general practitioner stupid things and not to say that these the requests are stupid on this, but you know you can't really go to your doctor right now and ask some basic stuff. There are also you know there are web based solutions to to the the situation that we're kind of dealing with in hospitals and whatnot. But you know I think that there's also this is this is in a lot of ways like a second opinion sub. So you know you can get you can go to the doctor, you get an opinion, you go, but it doesn't feel right. And then you can pose a question here. And there are a lot of anomalies. I think the last time, so we recorded the first episode, part one, uh, on Saturday, or I believe, or Friday or something. So we're only a few days removed. But ever since then, you know, you have posts such as um, afraid to ask about pain medicine. Uh, I recently had a surgical removal of a cyst so there's a chunk of flesh gone to my tailbone i feel like i need to have a conversation with my pcp about opiates for pain management but with the conversation around opiates i'm scared to even bring it up right so that guy's high as hell dude that guy's high as hell (laughs) i'm afraid to ask for more because i'm so high um do you ever notice that ibuprofen just works better than like oxycontin for back pain i mean you're not well, getting that, like i mean that's, that's a great question high. for our, our resident our resident back pain patient uh you know what's really fucking crazy that i can speak to about opiates uh after my back surgery with which if you're a new listener in 2016 i had a crazy back situation where i had to get my spine fused and then there were complications and i got a blood clot and i was in the hospital yeah. for like a month but that's crazy I was the was, dominant the dominant plot line of the first uh 40 episodes, I think. Yes. <laughs> and the bionic back. Probably for the first like quarter of all of our episodes, I was on uh, hydrocodone. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> cool. But right. uh, that stuff is chemically addictive. So I oh, yeah. 100% got addicted to that shit. And the doctor had no problem prescribing it continuously for, for me. So I went in for I had a like a weird bruised rib situation like a year after my surgery without even asking me. It was the same doctor who had prepped me for the surgery without even asking me about it. Wrote me a script for hydrocodone for the pain. That's crazy, man. In 2017. So this is still a problem, still an issue and me I'm not saying I'm special. I I walked out of that like I got like the little golden ticket from right. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. You kind of did. I mean, it's it's that that is a. I mean, if somebody writes you a, if, I mean, if you are if you are the kind of person yes. who's like okay with just taking opiates and mm-hmm. taking a nap, mm-hmm. then you know, like you walk out you walk out of the doctor's office with a prescription for sixty yes. essentially You're like, free. You're like, yeah. You're a, like, holy shit! Deal, so. I have just set myself up for a summer afternoon nap whenever I want it. 
60 times. So it's crazy. I mean, I've never had that specific experience, but I have had, um, I've I've had, I think I've said this before, but I went to a a dermatologist once when I was living in Chicago and the dermatologist uh, prescribed me a, he prescribed me Xanax. (laughs) That was just like. (laughs) For the mental anguish of having a rash. I don't know what it, I think it was just like he's like you. You maybe you have a rash from stress, so here's some Xanax, and then <laughs> prescribed me Xanax, and I was just like, "Damn, I uh, thanks." I lucked out here, yeah. So he so he gave me this prescription for like a high high dose anti anxiety medicine. Like Xanax I had, bars. Like, yeah, because I basically had fucking poison ivy or something, <laughs> and that's but crazy. you know it's it's wild because they de- they definitely uh they definitely do. Um, for whatever reason, doctors are just, you know, they, they sometimes, I think it's changing, but, uh, every once in a while I have that, but anyway, so the reason we bring that up, they they must make like 750 bucks every time they, they do that or, you know, there is a system for that. Yeah. Because if they, if they do that 10 times a day at whatever they make, we'll call it 500 bucks. Like that's five extra grand that they made that day. Like that's insane. I'm doing that every time. You're all yeah. dying if you're my doctor because I'm yeah. thinking about that Maserati, that Miata, that that <laughs> Donza speedboat. I mean, the, the reality is, is they're playing all kinds of bills and they're trying to make their nut. I love saying that. We all yeah. we like to talk about our nut on this pod. Like to, <laughs> I love talking about my nut. We do. Our monthly nuts. Um, mm-hmm. And Doc's always trying to make that nut. So, you know, it makes sense that he's given given it's your dad <laughs> zanny bars vitiligo, dude what's up with that <laughs> pretty much yeah i mean that was pre-vitiligo this is before i was diagnosed with vitiligo but did now, it, now did that i have cure, vitiligo, cure your skin no, vitiligo, vitiligo does nothing <laughs> i mean i remember i remember being so aware of it though because i'm so chemically sensitive like i yeah. i still have this experience where i like i have a friend i think i might have brought this up the other day on on the pod but uh your 69 boyfriend no, this is a, this is a friend nurse? from Twitter from from the music community. But he, uh, oh. I uh, he posted something about taking a 500 milligram weed edible, what and a and I was just like, no, uh, that's insane. And he was just, I mean, he didn't. He he made it seem like he's like, this is gonna be crazy. Yeah. And I was like, don't do it. But I I lately have my like new nighttime regimen. Is yeah. I take a a six CBD two THC uh, gummy and I like feel very high. Oh damn! Yeah, like I'm like I'm so sensitive to THC. Wow! It's insane. And cheap yeah, date. And I'm like, was that cheap date? I know, cheap, yeah. honestly. Yeah. What Dog Boobs is trying to say is we could rape you all night. For very li- for very little money, very little money, my friend. Yeah, you, uh, us, the alleyway. Yeah. You're dead. Shitty spliff I rolled a year ago, <laughs> and you're gonna be good to go. Here's a Honestly. shitty spliff I found in my 1980s locker. I mean, Let's it's crazy. It's, I don't know why I'm like that, but uh, wow. but the reason I, the reason I bring that up is because with with when I got that Xanax, and anytime I've been prescribed anything from a doctor, that's that's. I mean, particularly if it's a if it's a pain med, mm-hmm. I'm like very, very, very conscientious of it because I just I understand. I also like don't. I've had like cough syrup. I've had like excess yeah. cough syrup before, and I've and I've been like, oh, I understand why people like this, but I do not. Yeah, like, I can't. I cannot that's form a sentence like, right now. That's like my mom. She's like this, a similar way where she's like, 
even after her surgeries that she's had recently, she's like, doesn't even want to touch the pain pills because she's like, it makes me feel weird. Like I just too much for her. But I mean, to be honest, you guys, and I I see this is how I get up talking about it. This is like a brain addict. I swear to God, I could probably talk for 40 minutes about my morphine button that I had in the hospital. (laughs) I could talk about that all day. You should get. You should get a, uh, a morphine button that just uh, that that just runs the cord just runs out your door into <laughs> into nothing, yeah. and whenever you feel angst- anxious, you can just like poke it, hit it, and you're like, oh, it's a yeah, it's Pavlov's just- dog. <laughs> it's just totally fake. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's so so sad and so dark. But oh. that's actually so interestingly enough that I, that's maybe an appropriate segue. I mean, so closing yeah. the loop on what what Astox is, you know, like I said, there are a lot of posts to, to explore. If you haven't listened to episode one, listen to part one, or have you uh, listened to part one? Listen to part one. Uh, we kind of go into the in, in deep on what the sub is about. So today, though, we're only going to talk about this the the posts that led us here, and and kind of the story of of this throwaway account. Which is directly related to opiates and what we're talking about, um, and then also I think uh, end of life care, which uh, I I know that my father when my when my dad was dying and he was on his deathbed deathbed and he was in hospice that was that was a part of it is having a morphine drip that he kind of was constantly hooked up to for and I don't know I mean I don't know if it's for pain I mean it's obviously for pain but I don't know if it was uh, pain in the traditional way we think of pain or if it was pain in the sense that uh you need something to just like chill you out because you're experiencing something in its intensity so um so let's get into it so i think um i think it's probably worth a little caveat on this that this is a sad sad story so i i had a hard time keeping it together when i was reading this so i i hope to do that and we'll we'll see but it's um if anybody's like sensitive i mean it's a it's a good sad i mean it's a it's a very valuable sad but it's but it is sad so if, if you're the kind of person yeah. who like doesn't react well to sad things and yeah what if i don't react at all does that mean i should <laughs> check in what if it's the opposite well, I, I mean i feelings. we're recording this in the morning we're all drinking our coffee your name is wap today so i don't <laughs> yeah. i don't know i don't know if we're gonna be balling but uh but we might be i don't know yeah. but it, it's yeah and anyway. i think some, like, that's a good uh tr- like trigger warning because i think um d- re- you don't know how you'll react to stuff like this because to your point some some of it is relatable to things that have happened to you in the past and to your family or things you're going through and death is something that we are all going to face one day and like how we look at it is we look at it so differently like i can see I've been so disassociated from a lot of things that I know what you mean about like not feeling anything too. So you might, you don't really know how you'll react to the story, but it's really beautiful. And right. yeah. Yeah. So and, and, I, and I, I think, uh, I, I've always, I've always been, uh, I've, I've used to joke that like my tear ducts have calcified over years. Yeah. And I think that there's, there's an element of that. That's true. I mean, I know you can't I've, have I've, it both ways, man. You can't be like Mr. Cool. I don't have feelings. <laughs> Man. No, you I mean, like I have two, two kidney stones when you read this thing. Those calcified bits like came out. I know, I know exactly. <laughs> and did you cash them in at the jet? You you made them into necklaces. Exactly. You're like, I'm gonna make these into a pair of earrings for me. For yeah, my sell them, sell them in Daytona. <laughs> um, but but yeah. Anyway, all right. So let's get into the story. So um, so 
to start this off, so this is this is also a very new story, which I think is part of what makes it so compelling, um, and also part of why we put it in kind of the Hall of Fame of overall Reddit posts because it, you know we found this when it was like posted a couple days after it was the kind of like last posting, and the first post was fourteen days ago. So, um, and then we'll also try to get into the comments too because I think the comments are pretty helpful in 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 talking about what makes it special because a lot of this was. Uh, the engagement there's a, there's a lot of engagement with the the community through these posts and through this poster okay so suboxone patient dying of cancer concerned about uh, palliation so palliation is i believe palliation means um is is opiate uh opiate is either, either opiate end of life care or just like opiates right yeah it's like the end of life care like keeping you comfortable okay. at the end of your life cool okay so uh 41 year old white male history of opiate abuse disorder no major surgeries recently 12 milligram, uh, milligrams buphenorphine three milligrams naloxone one times daily so a suboxone patient means they use suboxone after they've been an addict and that's like methadone almost yeah 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 yep yeah. So they. So yes. Exactly. So um, I'll spare you the gory details. Small cell. Small cell lung cancer. Inoperable. Four months to live. I've been referred to palliation. I'm a grumpy bastard, and my life has been pretty unpleasant in many regards. So I'm actually not that worried about dying. Had to check out sometime. Yeah. Uh, so this is actually also as I read this, I kind of um, I almost imagine it. With the, like the way you remember that last episode we talked about the guy who the town was based on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this is like that guy reading yeah it like kind of sounds like that it's like this like old old tough kind of like working, Crusty working guy. class yeah delivers meats yeah, yeah. And, you, know ben, uh, you know ben affleck he's based he, on me he's based on, on me. me exactly exactly uh so what i am worried about what i am worried about is pain relief as a long-term uh buphenorphine patient am i pronounced that right probably i think it's uh, buphenorphine buphenorphine as a long-term buphenorphine patron uh, patient which i think is kind of the suboxone thing um even if i went cold turkey today which my prescribing physician recommends against i'd still have i'd still have somewhat of an opiate tolerance yeah or no uh i don't meet with hospice until friday so i have some questions will hospice be able to meet my needs even though i have a tolerance uh i don't want to die in pain and i'm really not in a position to book a euthanasia appointment on the other side of the country Thank you for your help. So this, so that 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 I think let's 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 deconstruct that a little bit. So that's yeah. that's really interesting. So this person is saying, um, so through the lens of addiction, they're saying I don't want to die an addict, mm-hmm. or I don't want to die in the throng the throngs of something that I've spent you know a long time of my life fighting against, right? Because you know that sensation of you being addicted to something, you you know you're gonna it part you know when you when you get over your addiction, it it feels like you've climbed the mountain, right? Yeah, and you don't want to have to climb that mountain again, or you don't want to go down to the bottom of the mountain. And what he's saying too is that he's afraid after having built up such a resistance against these drugs, right. having used them for so long, is palliation going to be effective for him? Like, right. are these drugs well, that are even make him feel better? Comfortable, even going to make a dent in his pain? Right. Which is an interesting question. I think I think they do get into this chemically, but I know that there's like. You, you can you can take a lot of morphine, yeah. you know. So, um, 
So definitely. So the other thing I wanted to say about this is just kind of interesting. It, it seems like he lives on the East Coast uh, because the idea of somebody having this and I, you know, I think everybody's probably had this as a fleeting thought. I've never really lingered on it because I just don't really like the idea of thinking about it. But mm-hmm. if you were in this situation, would you just book a euthanasia appointment? Yeah. And the only place you can really do that right now, I think, is Oregon. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, you know, so this this person essentially saying, listen, like, I, I, could, I can't really book a euthanasia appointment over in Oregon. So, yeah. what, what should I do? Right. Um, you know, and, and this is a throwaway account, too. I mean, we don't know what their relationship with Reddit was before this, but we do know that they're coming, they're turning to Reddit to help in this very specific. You got to get on a, a Southwest flight from, you know, Boston to Portland and you're sitting in the middle seat. You're like, really? On on the way to die, I got the middle seat. That's yeah. fucked. <laughs> and then you're sitting next to a guy, maybe even like the finally the hot chick sits down next to you, and you're like, yes. <laughs> but um, so where are you going? Well, going to kill myself in Oregon. <laughs> Man, that would be interesting to sit next to that person. Not to mention road. how expensive Southwest is these days. I mean, one forty nine each way. No, not, no, no, not dude. cheap. Well, this is, you know, this, I've, I've, I've thought, intense. I mean, the way I have historically thought about this, but it's never really been a, I have four months to live. It's been like, I have, you know, like my dad's situation, right? Where like you get ALS or you get some disease where you're just like, fuck, you know, yeah. like this is going to, this is going to suck. We're going down this road. And I've always wanted to, to like go, I've, I, I, my, my dream with this situation, and I hope I never get in this situation, but I also hope that I am self-aware enough to pursue it if I get in this situation is, pursuing kind of the spiritually um important parts of our world that they are dealing with this as a regularity to the way that they interpret their own religion's perspective on death so like going to the ganges river where all of the like untouchables are like dealing with corpses and shit right i'd love to go there and be like and just like bask in their interpretation of the dying experience and then like go to you know like go to go to yeah. like uh, go to the vatican right and 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 talk to them about that like go to like yeah it the, almost the feels biggest like Buddhist temples you know you'd want to get there's so much worldly knowledge about the one thing we all know nothing about that like right you gotta like know it I, yeah i would just i mean that's just kind of my question yeah, the way yes. I am, and I just, I, you know, I, I kind of have spent my life as like a journalist in a way, and and you know, I'm like a very curious person, and I just, I feel like there's something, just really, I just would love, you know, because you also don't want to do it early, because I feel like you, that then you're kind of like doing this morose thing, like I don't, I don't, I, I don't particularly want to like go to India and into the by the Ganges River or whatever, or by the kind of the the. Um, whatever the name of the the untouchable class is and start suddenly being like, let's talk about death when I'm not dying yet. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. That sounds, that's pretty goth to like, uh, you know, at, at uh, 26 years old to be, you know, planning your death 70 years from now. Mm-hmm. That's, totally. that's, and then the being the guy at the party who's like, uh, like, you know what I, you know what I did last summer? Right. Plan my death at the Ganges river. Yeah. yeah, and then I have to wait another sixty years. Right. To die. Wait, I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's something beautiful about. I mean, I like. Yeah, it's I, a goth I agree. for this house it's pretty, party. It's, it's it's deeply goth for sure, but it but it's definitely. It's fucking, I don't know. It, it's is Trevor talking about his death again in sixty? Right? <laughs> God damn it! Yeah, Not your dog, Trevor. This other guy, Trevor. 
Yeah. We don't know his, her dog would have done that, but um, so, yeah. so continue a little further on this post. So you, you see, you see the engagement from the physicians, mm-hmm. right? So um, definitely a common enough scenario that a palliative team will be able to manage. One thing I've learned doing palliative care is there is always someone with a high opioid opioid tolerance. It's unlikely to be something they've never ever they haven't seen before. Jesus Christ! Um, That's so, a relief. Yeah. For someone and facing that's that, what's happening here. Yeah, is you start you start seeing kind of the doctors are weighing in, right? So, you know, and and this is also kind of charming is like there's a lot of these posts you see doctors, of course, but they're not all doctors. Like you, you know, and th- this one, I think people are taking the seriousness of this person's scenario, yeah, and trying to give the the it doesn't require a lot. It's essentially saying yes, you can do this. Yeah. And I kind of want to read through this thread one uh, underneath it real quick, because I think it's a sign of things to come. So this other physician says they will absolutely be able to meet your needs. Your needs may just be higher than someone who's opioid naive. Um, I'm glad you're not, or I'm glad you're going to be working with a hospice uh, palliative team, and I'm sure they will be able to figure out how to control your pain. Um, So our uh, poster says, thank you so much. That makes me feel better. Back to eternity I go. Um, And this person underneath says, not a doctor, and I will remove this comment if anyone finds it disrespectful, but I wish I could give you a hug. I hope you enjoy being the Northern Lights or whatever is on the other side. So he responds, um, thank you for your kind words. I personally don't believe consciousness survives the demise of the brain, but I'm not one to complain about an an eternal siesta. Right. So you kind of get the idea that kind of um, these are kind of the responses he's getting. He's getting the medical advice that he came here for, but it also is like really touched people instantly. Totally. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think this is, again, this is why I love this subreddit is because this is, this is not a, it, it starts with med, but then you start seeing the humanity peeking through with people right mm-hmm. um which which i think is is super important to understanding the way that i think people communicate on this place so anyway so that was the first post that was the that was the post that started everything off you're starting to see this kind of this little bit of compassion people don't know what the engagement's going to be after this but you know this this grumpy grumpy fella grumpy gus is uh is is getting it started you know there there is engagement i think that people are kind of mm-hmm. um even the way he worded that with kind of the eternal siesta mm-hmm. is it you know shows a little bit of a fun personality to this person yeah. that i think people are starting to glom onto in an interesting way yeah and at so that i'm actually going to share my screen because we haven't been doing that and i think it's yeah okay, so. and at that point he's looking at four months four months is like four months, exactly four months is a pretty it's like a medium time you know you can't really it's not so immediate but it fe- it's short right yeah, it's. I mean, it's. It's definitely like my life is coming to an end, but I have some time to reflect. You know yep. what I mean? So, like, you know, four months from now is March, right? Yeah. So you think about think about I the world, you know, coming to March. Exactly. I could, yeah. Four months is only half the amount of time we've been in COVID. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. There's. I or, mean, there's. There's. Or a the best feeling, summer ever. There's a feeling yeah. that you can wrap up loose ends. I feel like. Exactly. Exactly. And and this is this is also a theme with this person is like there's there's a little bit of an indication that maybe they don't have as many loose ends. Like they have loose ends, which we will get to a little bit, but they're not like I don't know if the loose ends are like I need to figure out my financials for right. my kids 
things, right? It's not like that. So, no. um, okay. So on to the next post. So this is posted 10 days ago. So four days after the initial post, uh, we get another one and, and you will see. So the, the first post had a uh, 1,197 upvotes. The second one has uh, just a hair over 2000. So more engagement. So, um, all right. So this one, uh, 41-year-old uh, male dying of lung cancer, meeting with palliative physician today. What kind of questions should I ask him? Um, so this is also the, the personality coming through, this kind of morose personality. So hi, everyone. Lung cancer guy again. Bad things are happening. Just got home from the hospital and barely avoided being admitted thanks to, palli- thanks to a palliative NP rushing over in the middle of the night to admit me into the, some, into the home hospice program. I'm forever grateful for, to her. I'm meeting the physician today. What kind of questions should I ask? My current list of questions. Uh, can you manage my pain after years of uh, buprenorphine ma- maintenance? So suboxone maintenance. Uh, will someone be available to help me write letters? I'm cut off from my family, but want to make amends. So that's where we're starting to get a little bit of like what the what the world is. Uh, will someone be with me at all the time? I didn't. I don't want to die alone, and I don't have anyone to call. So this is this is like the you know the sadness starting to starting to come in. So um, will I avoid terminal restlessness and delirium? That is my only fear right now. So you know the idea of I mean I think there's a very common fear right? It's like re- restlessness, of course, is an issue. Is like you know you're that I think when people talk about they they did not die in pain, I think that that is kind of what they're saying is like you know when you are restless before you die, you you have a little bit of that like. You know, it's not it's not really like oh everything hurts. It's a little bit of like I can't get comfortable. Yeah. I feel weird. I don't know what to do. Right, and, and that and then and terminal the, restlessness is actually like a totally. medical thing where you actually almost go psychotic right before you die, and are you scratch at your face, you scratch yeah. at your skin. It's just horrible. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. So it's just like his only fear right now is that. So like it doesn't necessarily have to do with pain, but to your point, it has to do with like just that feeling of like going out of your skin, but to the like times a million to the umpteenth. Um, And then, uh, and then the delirium I think is similar where where delirium is a little bit of like the insanity. Like I remember when my dad was dying, like he got a couple like, he had a couple weird infections where like we would go in and we would talk to him about something and he would just be saying stuff that I'd be like, what in the world are you talking about? And it was because he had been, he had like, there was like chemical reactions that he was having that was making him literally go crazy where he was just saying crazy, bizarre shit. And then they would like, they'd be like, whoops, we got to fix that. And then they would fix yeah. it and he'd be back to normal. It was just wow. bizarre. Um, oh so i don't think i have any more questions probably can't respond to many comments and pms like i did last time i'll try to post an update before i die right which is which is intense so uh thank you for your help edit would also be nice to hear from others who have hospice experience edit too thank you for your kind offers to help uh help me transcribe letters i'm not feeling strong enough tonight but will perhaps tomorrow though if things keep up at this pace tomorrow won't be looking good i'll try to reach out if i can uh, so, you know, some of the comments here, I think this is, we're, we're getting back into the physicians, right? We're like, I think physicians are really coming through in a pretty special way on, on, on this series of posts where, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're seeing the medical doc, we're seeing like the medical, um, professions empathy, yeah. uh, really come to the surface. So this process is always uniquely difficult for everyone. And while we all go through it at some point, I'm sorry that this is where you are, at, you are at right now. 
I worked in home hospice for a while. The discussion with your care team should involve your pain levels and management, as well as managing any other uncomfortable symptoms such as shortness of breath or nausea. Uh, you should also probably have a chat about your diet needs, especially whether or not you would like a feeding tube if at any point it becomes unsafe for you to eat normally or if you become uninterested in food. Getting it or not getting it is uh, are fine, and the decision to, is yours to make, but it's best if it's an active decision ahead of time instead of trying to figure out whether uh, – trying to figure out once is already a problem um so which is a good point i mean getting a feeding tube into you it's like not a pleasant experience yeah. so you know um activity levels should also be talked about especially in terms of preventing bed sores and excess atrophy and depending on your oxygen needs this may vary a lot the discussion would probably be whether uh where probably be where, where you'd bring up getting uh, some help writing those letters which may come in a form of nursing aid or a social worker, or a counselor, or even a volunteer. In terms of not being alone, you may want to bring up either a patient sitter. They are a thing mostly for people who need some help with activities of daily living instead of, uh, instead of a nursing to do wound care and medication management, a carer or a death doula, which is there to help you communicate with your team, make your death uh, what you want it to be and advocate yeah. for previously made decisions. I know. So, so most of these people, uh, you would have to hire yourself, though some programs do have them included. Another bit that you may want to focus uh, or may want to discuss is end-of-life planning and estate planning. Uh, besides the legal considerations, there may come a point where you're unable to express your wishes and make decisions. And it's always best to have a written document signed that can guide your care at, the, at that point in time. Your team are probably experts in those matters. Uh, this usually includes talking about fluid management, anything that uh, you'd like to avoid once you lose consciousness and any personal requests. Uh, it also includes talking about what happens with your body as well uh, as with your belongings. But the side of things is usually handled by either a specialized social worker or a lawyer. Keeping a record of your questions to ask your team as they come up with a good idea. Uh, a voice recorder, the voice uh, wow. text functions on your phone or a notebook can help you write on your own are all good ways of remembering those things uh, for when you have a chance to ask. Hearing all of that information is like... What an incredible resource this is for someone who is going into this. I wouldn't have thought of 99% of that stuff. Trevor, don't even think about it. Sorry. It's also like, it's also one of those things where not only would you not think about it, but like, I, you know, I get stressed on a daily basis about Mm -hmm. crazy shit. Like I had, I had like, uh, like literally two days ago, I was laying in bed, watching the fucking office about to fall asleep. And I hear Jim just casually mention jury duty. And then I like, like a fucking ton of bricks. I like woke up and was like, oh my God, I have jury duty in the morning. Oh God. And I I, I had forgotten to respond to a summons and I had this thing and it just was the most stressful, obnoxious, horrible way to wake up. And you really did have jury duty? And I literally had jury duty. I had to like, I had to, I had to, I mean, I got rescheduled for January, but it was like, I had, I literally had a summons I had to register and I completely forgot to register. So the reason I bring that up is like, that's just a daily thing, right? And so when you're at this point in your life, now granted, you might just say, fuck it, I don't care anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I, uh, I, I do think there's an element of like the stress of the obnoxious amount of fucking paperwork and busy work and all this stuff that you have to do just so that you can be comfortable when you're dying, I think is probably pretty extreme. So like having this, having this doctor just like very clinically lay it out 
is is really really helpful because it, it you know he's doing or he or she is doing what they are supposed to do which is be clinical they yeah say, this is what you need to do right yeah um, and this is probably one of the one of those cases where if you missed something like the feeding tube thing if you miss one detail this is like probably one of those situations where it's like you don't want to miss any detail because by the time you realize you missed it it's going to be painfully too late exactly exactly um so and and this and you know the 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 med throwaway account this is this is they kind of allude to what we're saying too right like so i did not even think about diet needs i haven't eaten since wednesday and hospice is having me drink broth for now I don't want to tip my hand too much, but let's just say that starving to death would be a surprise given my new timetable. Um, starving to death would be a surprise. Probably meant wouldn't be a uh, yeah would be a surprise. Um, I will I will discuss this with my nurse tomorrow regardless. Um, so you know they're they're implying that things are things are starting to spiral pretty bad, and then you know you're you're starting to see other questions I think from users that are not physicians mm-hmm. that are. That are pretty interesting right where where you know um you know a lot of like hey if you want to chat um like one one question does cancer run in your family i'm almost 35 and it smokes since i was 13 this has me scared right there's a lot of there's a lot of like interesting you know there's it, it's just like some interesting narratives some like subplots that are kind of developing around this that i think are pretty pretty special about just the way that people are kind of seeing themselves in this person this person's a little bit of a proxy for their own worries whatever so um uh, you know, I'm, I'm here. I mean, this is also very nice, right? So I am not a hospice or palliative care worker, but I am a fellow cancer patient currently fighting stage four lymphoma who, by the way, this is also a doctor. So this is a doctor in the emergency medicine world who has stage four cancer. No one should have to die alone. Please PM me. If you would ever like to chat, discuss zoom or whatever, I wish you peace. Um, so, you know, I think a lot of, a lot of doctors, are really interesting here because I think that, you know, being a doctor, I think we may have discussed this last time, like my buddy, Nate, who's, you know, one of the 69 boys is a nurse. He, uh, you know, he's dealt with, he's seen a lot of dark, dark shit being an emergency room nurse in particular. And, and, you know, it's like, I don't want to say you never, it's not like you get over it. I don't think. Right. But you know, when you're doing it for your job, it's a lot easier to kind of you kind of have to siphon it off in your mind and i think a lot of a lot of the physicians here are embracing the the difficulty of this and and you know it feels like a lot of them are really kind of watching and in in and you know participating in the the empathy yeah uh, which is is pretty nice so um yeah a lot of people are helping i mean it's 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 very nice i mean this is where i think you're seeing people being like ah shucks oh man Uh you know um so uh, and also there, there are nurses that are, that are chiming in too, which I think is pretty interesting. I mean, you're seeing a lot, you're just seeing like people wanting to help. So, okay. So, um, okay. So let's now, now we're going to get into the, the big one. So this is the, this is the, uh, the post that, that kind of took everything over by storm. Like I said, the last one was around 2000 upvotes 2091 upvotes actually uh specifically this one has 61,000 upvotes um and this is the post is and dog i don't know i don't know how you want to read this i mean maybe i could read it um even though i can barely read um but i you know we might have to take take some go back and forth i'm like i said i'm gonna try to keep it together but we'll have to see yeah yeah um, 
this is Pass it over to me yeah. or whatever if you need I'll, to I'll, I'll pour it if i start crying all right so yeah. um 41 year old suboxone patient with lung cancer i don't mean to keep pestering this sub but i thought i'd drop by to say goodbye or drop in to say goodbye cancer is in my heart and central cardiovascular area it's over so that's the name of the post <clears throat> and this is this is where we start you know the, up till now we've we've been kind of following this person's story a little bit you know we're, they're not they're not shedding too much detail about their life but you know they're saying things like grumpy old person history of opiate addiction on on suboxone um, my timetable is short. You know, they mentioned the kind of eternal siesta. So there's, so we've gotten to know a little bit of their personality, and and I think people have been engaging with this person in a pretty serious way. And so now we are, no, now we're at the end. So, so this was, so again, also timetable. So this was uh, two weeks ago. Uh, he was uh, he was given four months. Uh, then ten days ago. He posted that things were getting worse and he had some big questions for his hospice and his physician. Now, nine days ago is when uh, he thinks he's probably going to die the next day is the way kind of this is set up. So this is moving like at an alarmingly fast rate. Four months was obviously wrong, right? And, you know, this is one of those situations like imagine again where you meet with a doctor. They say you have four months to live, turns into five days, right? So um, pretty intense. So hello, all. I hope this update doesn't break any rules as I suppose I do not have any questions. Mods, let me know. I did not want this to just, I didn't did not want to just disappear from Reddit. I know a number of you have been thinking about me. I said I would post an update before I passed away and well, here I am. I know it's fast, but things have been happening fast. I don't mean to flood this sub with my misery. I'm on some heavy duty medications. I hope this doesn't come off as rambling. This will be my final post. The cancer is all, all through both sides of my chest and above my collarbone. It's over. I was diagnosed with extensive stage uh, small cell lung cancer, given four months to live on the sixth. Well, it doesn't seem two weeks was any more accurate, or it does. It seems two weeks was a more accurate approximation of my time. I didn't. I am not long for this world. As for what happened, I wasn't slated to meet my hospice team till Wednesday or yesterday, Friday. I went to the ER on Thursday with chest pain. They took a lot of fluid out of my chest. The ER physician described my imaging as grotesque and immediately asked if I had considered palliation. I said I didn't, didn't see hospice till tomorrow. He said if I wanted any chance of dying at home, I needed to see them now. Otherwise, we'd have to admit me or he'd have to admit me. Uh, he won't be getting any awards for bedside manner anytime soon, but I gre greatly appreciate his candor. Uh, several urgent Phone calls later, I had a palliative nurse practitioner in my room who uh, went through the screening process and admitted me uh, to their home hospice program. I went home Friday morning with a hospice kit. Met the palliative position uh, that evening shortly after I posted my list of questions here. So that gives you an idea of the timeline. Uh, I will not see Christmas or Thanksgiving or even next weekend. Every breath is work. Each one more work than the uh, last my team estimates that at this rate, I will die Tuesday at the absolute latest, probably sooner, maybe tomorrow, maybe tonight. Uh, my oncologist called to personally apologize for misjudging my remaining time, but I, uh, I told him, I hold him no ill will. Determining the time of death is not an exact science. I know that. Uh, I'm arranging to donate my body to science. 
I want them to autopsy and see how it got me so quickly to help other cancer patients. Uh, the oncologist thinks the cancer may have gotten to my heart or the major central blood vessels. Uh, I didn't think small cell can move this fast, uh, but my oncologist says we caught it late. Uh, so my hospice team has been wonderful. I've crossed uh, tapered. I have crossed tapered from uh, buprenorphine, uh, which I discontinued Wednesday, to methadone with little difficulty. Uh, so that's just the way his, his, uh, his opiates are relating to this experience. Uh, I have a lot of morphine with the option of hydro, uh, hydromorphone, uh, is on the table as well. If I need, I'm comfortable in resting at home. Uh, the next stop, uh, on the train is continuous sedation and I'm very tired. So I probably will not be able to respond to anyone like I did last time. Uh, my physician says he can start uh, a midazolam drip as soon as tonight. I'll probably take him up on the offer tomorrow if I'm still alive. Uh, so a little pause here. So this is also as a reminder, this is the the way in which uh, the relationship with with opiates plays a big part in this whole this whole story. I mean, that's ultimately what this is all about is is originally started as like, what do I do? I used to be an opiate addict. I don't want this. So that's kind of why we're getting into this. Uh, The next stop on the train is continuous station, yada, yada. I suppose this is a good place to share where my fears around palliation came from. I used to be an aide in a nursing home many years ago. I saw a number of unpleasant deaths due to insufficient palliation. We had a wonderful man who was prescribed a self-administered pump for morphine. Problem was he was too sick to press it, and his physician did not want to seem or did not seem to grasp the severity of his condition. Every half hour, one of us would sneak in and press the button on his pump, which, in hindsight, was probably illegal. But what else could we do? He was very uncomfortable at the end. I tried to do basic mouth care just before he passed, and he recoiled in pain. Have a heart, he whispered. It broke my heart to hear his admonition with uh, from such a wonderful man. My, gro- my greatest fear was terminal restlessness, which Dog described earlier. Uh, I saw a few patients scratch their faces and tear their fingernails out as they died, even on high doses of opioids and, and benzos. My palliative, my palliative physician has assured me that he won't let that happen and that there is no limit to what he can give me. I feel much assured. I've tried to write letters to the people I've wronged. I suddenly find that I want to make amends. So many letters... Uh, I was a functioning addict for a long time. My family cut me off, rightfully so. So I have been writing a lot of letters, but I'm losing my strength. I will not be able to write any more letters. My CNA has transcribed one letter template for everyone. I hope it's enough. Uh, I also had many kind offers to transcribe letters from Redditors here on the sub. Would love uh, what what love that you would uh, what love that you would do for a stranger. If I was strong enough to talk to on on the phone, I would have gotten uh, I would have taken you all up on it, but I can barely talk. Perhaps had I not been so stunned by my diagnosis, I would have arranged this sooner. But this is in the past now. This is where things get tough. Uh, Dad, if you somehow see this post, I know how much I hurt you, and I'm sorry. I wish I could call you. I do not even know where you live, and I'm not strong enough to find you. I do not ask for your love for that is beyond my power to ask just your forgiveness is enough please dad forgive me i do not want to die without your forgiveness but i will won't i 
I beseech you all to make amends with those you begrudge. Do not go to bed angry and hold hate in your heart. You will be glad that you forgave. I wish I had done it so sooner before I ran out of time. You will run out of time too, someday in the future. Don't leave any business unfinished, any grudge unamended. There's a nicotine patch on my arm, a reminder of one of the several self-destructive habits that brought me here. My smoking habit was not bad enough to set things off this quickly, but it clearly did not help. For those of you who smoke, I have one message. Stop it, please. You think you will wait till you are ready. You will never be ready. You say you will quit tomorrow, and then tomorrow becomes today. And you are never ready today, only tomorrow. Tomorrow never comes. Today is the only day in which the decision can be made. You can only quit today. Do so now. Throw your cigarettes in the trash. Do it for me. What a gift it would be uh, that this post would free you of tobacco's golden chains. As difficult and shocking as these last few weeks have been, I regard them as positive. Only four weeks ago, I thought that the universe was a cool, cold and cruel place. I experienced physical and mental abuse, chronic pain and addiction. But my situation has forced a change of perspective. I see now that all our experiences, no matter how horrid, are temporary, and that we all find the same rest and peace in the end. I do not mean to give the wrong impression to those struggling with depression. I have tried to kill myself before. The difference between then and now is vast. Death is an old friend to greet you at the end of a long and well-lived life. It can be appreciated properly when sought in darkness. I know there is. it cannot be appreciated properly when, when sought in darkness. I know there is no magic fix for depression, but I urge you to keep up, go out, and live the crazy, wonderful, irrational, beautiful life you want. If only I had done the same. What a gift is life. Uh, thank you for all your love, empathy, and reassurance. For all the people who have PM'd me offering to help me transcribing letters. For all the kind messages and comments. You are all beautiful people. I hope you remember that. No matter what anyone else says or thinks, or even you yourself think, you are beautiful. You can and can only be so because you reached out to a stranger in the moment of pain. Your heart will always carry that little light of goodness, no matter how dark your days. Carry that little light with you and forget it not. It can brighten a stranger's day. It can even save the world. A few PM to be asking to look into religion. In the past, I would have been irritated. Now I recognize that you were, you were very concerned for my soul's well-being. Thank you for your compassion. I'm not well-versed in religion. I have prayed, and I trust that whatever higher power may dwell above the stars will look upon my situation with infinite love and compassion. Uh, this in my heart I know. It calls out a specific user. So user, huge grape. Uh, you wanted to make me plushy free of charge. You care and, your care and empathy has touched my heart. I'm sorry to say that I will not be in a position to receive it. I did not expect to go this fast. I want you to make it anyway. I want you to keep it with you and know that you will always have a part of me. I hope this brings you some comfort. You have my everlasting love and gratitude. Wishes are usually reserved for the future. This is very interesting, actually. This is this is a really uh, beautiful sentiment. So wishes are usually reserved for the future. I have no future, but I find myself still wishing. I wish I had not worried so much about the little things. I wish I had not worried so much about the numbers in my bank account or the punch on my time clock. All that time working, I had never I had enough money to keep a roof over my head and to invest in the few hobbies I had. Yet I still kept racking up overtime. And for what? Only to find myself here. It all came to nothing in the end. I robbed myself of the most precious commodity I had, time. 
in exchange for green pieces of paper and little metal discs. A perverse and twisted trade. Only now do I see the truth. I wish I had the courage in life to... I wish I had the courage to live my life the way I wanted to. I wish I had traveled the world, fallen in love, written a novel. I wish I had had children. I have no one to whom I can pass my life lessons. No one to sit by my side here at the end of the world. It's too late for me, but it's not too late for you. Live the life you want, no matter how strange it may seem to others or to society. It is your life and yours alone. Live it well. I'm not sure where I go from here. I've been reading accounts of the afterlife from various cultures, Summerland, Elysium, Tiranag. I've also taken to reading the Tibetan book of living and dying, though it seems I will run out of time before I can finish. What a strange feeling. I personally do not believe consciousness survives death, but I'm open to being pleasantly surprised. And if not, well, who can complain about a siesta that can't be interrupted? Regardless of what awaits me, it's a nice to dream. And that is what I will do now. I will dream. I will live... I will rest and dream of the peace to come till I dream no more. May you all one day face death with the same wonderful dream. I do not have any friends or family to sit here with me. So I'm leaving this tab open. I will read your comments and savor your reassurances. Even if I do not reply, I will keep you all here with me. I feel less alone this way. I will keep you all with me as I die. Uh, you people are all I have now. I am strong, but I am scared. Stay with me until I'm gone. I do not want to be alone. Till we meet again, my beautiful friends, Robert S. Uh, so and then we have two edits. Uh, just woke up from my nap and I'm overwhelmed by the outpouring of love. I'm touched uh, by the people throwing away their cigarettes and finding the courage to pursue the life they want. What a blessing you all are. I'm reading every message I can, even if I don't respond, tears streaming down my face. Now I know I will not die alone. What a gift this sub has given me. Uh, then edit to Sunday at 2 p.m. I haven't been awake much, uh, but I've read as much as I can. How I cherish your love and kindness. Uh, you helped a grumpy drug addict die with love in his heart and a smile on his face. Uh, the doc will be here at three to give uh, versed. Uh, I'm tired of trying to breathe. The chaplain has given my last rites. It's now my. Uh, it's over now, my friends. I love you. Goodbye. So, whoa, crazy, yeah. So, so, um, I like I I, I when I first read this, I like I've never I've never read anything like this, um, in this in this yeah. setting, you know, because I mean, this is essentially a like a real time, a real time journey in a documentation of what this is like, and I think most people don't get to experience this, especially when you're young, right? I mean, I think that. Yeah. We, we've all we've you know we've all been to funerals we've all seen this in some way or another we've had grandparents that have been sick but like you don't really sit you know you very rarely do you sit with them and 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 hear these things and experience these things and i feel like particularly that last edit is kind of where it's really like it really slams home where you're just like damn like yeah we're, we're like we're we're here in real time, you know, and if, and if I was, if I had known about this when it was happening, I, I'm sure the experience of, of literally doing it in real time would have been, would have been very heavy. So you would have given yeah. them some of that gold you've been bogarting. I know. Saving up for this exact moment, but, um, uh, so yeah, there's, there's, there's so many things in there. Obviously it's a long, know, totally. a long thing, but like, you know, it, we're kind of in this 
place in like generationally with the internet where you might we might start to be seeing this sort of like the first wave and maybe this guy is kind of the first wave of you know younger people who are on different you know in internet related social media platforms that are sort of experiencing their death publicly like right now right. everyone's 21 on tiktok being like uh i like to dance and i like boys Woo! but like what does that look like when they're dying of cancer at 75 on tiktok and and right, you know right. these things just haven't been around that long so yeah. totally. like as people age uh into death and have been using these things their whole lives i'm sure they will yeah you know if you put your life on tiktok you're probably going to put your death on tiktok you know so it might be sort of a a thing that becomes normalized but this is maybe the beginning of of one of those things i i don't know but in it and it's not a bad thing because it reminds us about what's important in life and what we should be doing blah 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 although people will probably just try to get likes out of it in a shallow way too i'm sure (laughs) eventually like how like your point about like social media platforms because people have kind of been um like uh recording their cancer journeys and illness journeys on youtube and stuff and like that so like I, that's kind of been a way I've seen in the past, and like I think this this has been an interesting way because it's Reddit is almost like an evolution of that, but it's anonymous, which is interesting. Kind of totally. takes the um, the pressure off, I guess. Totally. Uh, it's just completely anonymous, and then it's so real time, you know, and the right. audience is so big. It's like a built in audience of you know, a quarter of a million people. So it's just, yeah, it's a really cool way of like recording one's, you know, dying experience, it, like in a very like millennial like way, like on this platform. I don't know. It's an interesting point. Another, another insight I'm uh, extracting from all this because there's a lot to be extracted but all of his flair at the top right there's hundreds thousands Mm -hmm. of of things people have given him Uh, literally 15 1500 different flares oh my yeah it's i've never seen that many cool flares it's i'm like oh what's that flare i'm i'm learning about flares based on just this one post but i'm almost going back and i'm definitely just making this up but this guy sounds like he's lived a life of uh you know pride in a negative way almost like um right you know the guy that's like fuck that shit uh fuck you i'm doing my own fucking thing fuck off and like i see a lot of homeless men in la and i'm like that guy's like got too much personal pride like he's like eroded his uh circle to to a point where now he's alone um and i'm like you know this guy kind of alludes to some of those things and drugs definitely have a a reason, uh, a big part in it, but it's like he his whole life he he told everyone to fuck off, um, and now at the very end of his life he has allowed himself to be loved and be open, right? And when he allows that to happen and and is honest with himself, maybe for the first time ever, people are there for him and they give him all of this love and and this support, and it's mm-hmm. like if if he 
if you allow yourself to do that throughout your life, you you might avoid something not dying, but yeah. like dying alone, right? You can die um, in peace. Yeah, I mean, I think they can die so, in peace. Yeah, so it's I'm just thinking of of this guy's journey, like how he spent his life sort of pushing everybody away, and mm-hmm. at the very end, people were still there for him. Yeah, and he still got it, but but you you know it doesn't. There's a lot of ways to to skin that cat, you know. So yeah, um, that's true. It's like thing. his yeah. faith in humanity was restored in the end, just in the nick yeah, of time, exactly. you know, yeah. like right right at the last minute. I read it. And, yeah, and it's an interest. It's just like yeah, I read it, which is fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, like so. Uh, cool. But uh, yeah, I mean, this read, this read reminds me a lot of. I don't know how familiar you guys are with like the stories of the Bible, right? But there, this is very. This I'd say me, very. I know, very. Well, this, <laughs> I went this, to Catholic this school. Dogwoods went oh, to, uh, to Jesuit school, school and it's your dad went to uh, is from the South, so of course yeah. he knows everything. <laughs> um, so this this reminds me a lot of the the story of uh, Jesus's crucifixion. When the there, you know, when Jesus was crucified, there were two, uh, there were two thieves that were crucified with him, and one of them was like, "Fuck off, I don't give a shit," right? And mm-hmm. then the other one was like, um, "I've lived a harsh life, but I wish for forgiveness. Um, you know, I, I want, I just want to feel like I have peace." And and you know, Jesus granted peace in the like the last nick of time, essentially. And this, if you're lucky remind- that you're being crucified next to the fucking son of God, boom, have a little forgiveness, boom, have a little forgiveness and he zapped them. Yeah. So <laughs> these guys this, were like, I am lo- this is a very good luck on my part. That was a piece <laughs> of shit. <laughs> my whole um, but you know, I mean, this is, this is a thing that you, you think, I mean, I, I think a lot of people, you know, you, you always think about this, I think maybe pertinent to like uh airplane catastrophe, right? Where people go, we're going down. And then you're just like, I'm not going to survive this. And then you have, you know, you have, you know, uh, three minutes to think about your own survival. I'm gay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but, but, you know, this is, yeah. this is one of the things where it does, I think that the, like the feeling of like peace, I mean, I don't know how to say this in the, the, the without sounding like overly poetic, but like peace can kind of be granted by anyone in a way, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, I mean, yeah, that's what this post is all about. Like, yeah. it's, it's pretty much granted yeah. by these random strangers on the internet. It's yeah, and it's and it's and that's kind of the that's what makes it so special. Here is like, there's you know, this person's dying. Nobody knows this person, and and I think this this what also kind of the magic of Reddit in this circumstance is the fact that this like we don't know what this person looks like. We don't know their story really. They're they're only giving us what they want to give us. But in in doing so they are almost creating a mythology of themselves, right? Like we are, this is a proxy for our own interpretation of life and death. And, and this person is serving as that, that mechanism for getting it. But, but, you know, ultimately this could be a bot, right? And mm-hmm. it, it kind of, in a way, doesn't necessarily change. Oh my God. Because- if this is a bot, the internet has finally checkmated us all. Wow. Yeah. But you know what I mean, though. It's like I mean, it doesn't. There's there's an element of it not necessarily mattering because we're all we're all we're all reading this, knowing that it's about this person, and we're kind of getting all of this, you know, getting this response. But it doesn't have like this is really about uh, us getting to read it, not really about Robert anymore. Robert Robert's story is the thing that makes us all go. Well, what does it mean? 
to give forgiveness and what does it mean to to provide peace to somebody and what does it mean yeah. to be care, caring of a stranger and and what is it, like what what are all of the questions and then all of the all of the people responding are kind of in the same boat and it doesn't really like I mean I used to have this thought about like my my this is kind of my my opinion about about Christ is like I'm I'm like not a I am a, I am not a Christian but I'm not anti Christ. You know what I mean? I think a lot of people think think of them as like one and the same where you go like I'm not a Christian, fuck that guy. I'm like no, I, I think the I think the dogmatics of the religion are are problematic at best, but you know, the idea of of Jesus as a story and a narrative that we use to tell bigger stories I think is extremely valuable and extremely important, right? And even if he never existed or even if he was like whatever whatever articulation of Jesus that you want to use, almost it irrelevant. Is, all of, yeah, it's ultimately irrelevant. It doesn't matter if it existed or not. All that matters now is the narrativization of the stories that then give us meaning through our own existence. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of a little bit of what's happening in this post is like we look at this post and we go, there's so many parts of the story that are, you know, I don't, they're not engineered, obviously, because I think it is a real person. I'm not discrediting mm-hmm. that, but like there's so many parts of this that have a little bit of like the hero's journey built in. Totally. That allow for us to to consume it and then go, what does this mean for the way I think about my own existence and my own living experience and then my own ability to claim peace when it's most necessary and, and, and to die with grace and dignity and to open myself up to strangers and kind of all these all these elements of what it means to be to be alive and to to die. Right. And I yeah. think that that is. That's, you know, that's what's, that's what, that's, I think, what's so heavy about this. I mean, I think that seeing him ask his father for forgiveness and, and seeing him talk about dying alone and, and, you know, and, and I think, you know, it's, it's really a beautiful, powerful, much more complicated story that I think is, is written on, on, on page for lack of a better term. Yeah. And you know what my one of my favorite comments is? If you scroll down, there's this comment from a doctor. I just had it up. Uh, the other win, win spelled N-G-U-Y-E-N. Oh, the Vietnamese way. The Vietnamese win. Mm-hmm. And he says, he, she, they say, as a doctor who often treats patients such as yourself, thank you for sharing and allowing me to further understand and hear from a side I don't often have a glimpse into. You will live on forever in how I care for patients in the future. I'm forever in your debt. Thank you and God bless. And then with the edit to his their post, it says, thank you, uh, stranger for the gold, but in lieu of awards that would just go to Reddit, please consider donating instead and leave a message for Robert and then they link to drugfree.org um, to their donations page. I thought that was really cool because ultimately this is a subreddit where doctors are the ones reading these things and responding to them. And that's the premise. So kind of having this emotional journey and to really get a glimpse into what it's like for a person to walk out of a doctor's office having been told, oops, you know. Not four months, two months, or not four months, two weeks. I mean, some doctors don't don't give a shit really about the patient. And it's clearly that it's clear that the ones that are here on Reddit 
do. I feel like otherwise they wouldn't be on Reddit. But I thought that message was just so cool. Like that is going to be a story that that these doctors never forget when they treat their patients. Totally. Yeah. And I I think it just, yeah, I mean, again, it it is, I think this is, this is such a unique sub because this is like, and you know, this post I think is unique amongst even the sub and amongst Reddit, but you know, there are things like this where you, you know, I'm, I'm never going to forget this post, right. I'm going to think about this and, you know, often I think, and, and, uh, and, you know, and I, I think that there, especially for doctors, there's such an, you know, you, you, you have a job and, you just don't think that this is part of the job, but it is right. And yeah. I think that even just reading through this and seeing kind of some of the roles in which people play and the d- dying of people, I think that there's something, you know, I've always thought about maybe trying to be a volunteer for the suicide hotline. Yeah. And I've thought, you know, I think that this is another one where it's like being a volunteer for, for like end of life care, like a death doula, Yeah, I think is, is, is like, what an honorable job. What an honorable job. And I think that that's, that's kind of what a lot of this comes down to is like, I think there is like, there's so much honor to, you know, and, and, and I don't know, I think it's, it's a hard thing to think about. I think it's really, it's really, um, nobody wants to linger on the concept of death, but I think everybody wants to get to a point where they can feel comfortable with what it is to die. Cause I think that that's, that's, I think a lot of the challenge. I think a lot, I know I'm not like, I know if, if somebody was like, you want to die right now? I'd be like, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. Right. But, you know, and I think there's a difference between wanting to and being comfortable with. And I think that this, this kind of, um, it's just, it's just interesting about the, the fixations of what it is to be alive that keep us resisting a lot of this kind of thing where, you know, you, if you get put in a situation, you're just like, I don't want to die. Yeah. But it's like, it doesn't matter at this point. Robert, Robert, according to the story, like Robert eventually got to the point where he's like, I don't, doesn't matter what I want or don't want right now. I just need to figure out some of what makes, you know, some of, some of how to make amends, but anyway, the last, so there is one more post that we, I think we have an obligation to read to sum up this whole thing, which is the, the final post from his account. And it was uh, update it. So the title is update on Robbie from Sherry. Um, So, uh, do you want to read this one, Dog? Are you since I've been kind of yeah. dominating and can barely read? All right. Yeah, sure. I'll be I'm Sherry. Cool. Okay. Good morning. My name is Sherry. I was Robbie's volunteer doula with the hospice program. I am posting here to honor his wishes and providing the message board with an update after his passing. I'm not familiar with this app, but Robbie gave me a little tutorial. Please forgive any mistakes. Robbie had initially wanted to pass while conscious. However, he was having increased difficulty breathing Sunday morning. He received his last rites from our chaplain and was sedated with my, my dazzlam, my dazzlam at his request at 3.05 PM. He remained asleep and appeared comfortable. Agonal respirations were noted by the nurse at 6.14 PM and suppressed with morphine. The physician, the physician called time of death at 6.27 p.m. Sunday, November 15th, 2020. Robbie's passing was peaceful and without pain. Robbie spoke often of the kind messages he received on this board. I know they brought him comfort. His final posting was incredibly poignant and moved even our most seasoned staff to tears. He was a quiet man. 
I think his voice was it was his words. It was honor to attend to him in his passing. I was attracted to hospice because not everybody breaks a bone. Not everybody has heart disease, but everybody dies. It's an honor to be with others as they undergo this universal journey. Um, and it was a particular honor to attend to Robbie, who had no family or friends by his side. I'm providing some images on Imger that uh, Robbie wanted shared on this board. One of him young and healthy and the other a handwritten note. Please let me know if the link works. And then, yeah, check it, check that out. That's so cute. Yeah. And then at the very bottom too. Um, so the, cool. we do see the images. I mean, these images are, 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 you know, pretty, pretty special. I mean, there's, um, you know, there's, there's, there's him as a young, a young person, you know, on a motorcycle, with is he driving? Like, it looks like it. Yeah, um, it's not. He's not the baby. <laughs> I don't think he's the baby. I think he's the the driver. The um, hat. And then you know the the letter, the handwritten oh. letter, um, which you know people actually make mention of this letter, which I think is pretty interesting. But this is a uh, to my dear friends. I wanted to leave you a note for when I'm gone. Your love and support brought me so much happiness and strength. I hope you all go out and live the beautiful lives you want to and deserve. Go out with courage and love. Take risks. Chase your dreams. Be not afraid. How I cherish your words. When you read this, I will be gone in body, but I hope to live on in your hearts and minds. I, I love you all. Thank you for your love. And then Sunday, November 15th, 2020, 8, 15 a.m. So that was, you know, he died later that after later that night, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then the last the last bit from his his uh his doula. I obviously oh, yeah. cannot hold on. I, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I could read that last uh, I'll, I'll just read it. Yeah. So I, I obviously cannot hold on to his phone. It will be shut off and filed away for uh, with his estate, which is being handled by his family, um, who are social workers. We're able to locate Sunday uh, evening. Oh, interesting. Um that's 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 an interesting ripple to this because I know he was yeah. he was uh too late. Uh, they yeah, they expressed regret at the news of his illness and passing. We are sharing his final posting with them as well. Um, one last thing before I go. Uh, first, Robbie expressed many concerns about his Suboxone. Uh, as the opiate epidemic continues to ravage our communities, we see more and more patients entering hospice on Suboxone and Methadone. I want those of you with opiate maintenance to know that you will never be judged by our staff and your medications are not a barrier for care. Our organization consults with pain specialists, uh, physicians, pain specialist physicians, uh, specifically for those cases. We will never let you die in pain. Never. I hope this posting provides some closure for those who have been following Robbie's case. Um, these fast cancers are always sad, but Robbie faced his passing with dignity and grace. He was a truly wonderful man and he lives on in our memories, uh, with regards, Sherry. So, you know, there's there's a little bit to unpack there. I mean, again, there's content there continues to be a plot line of what is you know what does it mean that we're in this opiate epidemic and kind of mm -hmm. opiates in general. I think are pretty profound there. But yeah, you know, the other thing that I think is pretty interesting for this is um, I mean, there there the, the so the very end kind of the closure. I mean, th this really felt like you were watching the, a hero. You were watching like a film take place. Yeah, I mean, this is like a hero's journey, right? Like this is straight up like you know. They're kind of, you know, we, we kind of catch them at the three o'clock. We yeah. kind of get them as they're going down. And then we see the journey back up to the top. And then the end, all of that kind of pretty basic information at the end is, is, is you know, is, a, is kind of the way you like seeing film, which is closure, right? And so, um, 
you know, something about, I, th- I thought this comment was just like really interesting to me. So something about seeing this photo with the cough drops next to the note made this real. Yeah. Um, you know, the little items in-, in that picture, there's like a little Buddha, cherry cough drops. It's just like, like it's heartbreaking. It's hard, but it's it struck me in this final post. I'm like, I, I want to, ch- I want to Sherry. I really want to Sherry when it's my time. I know. I mean, I want, I want to be, I would, you know, I don't know. It seems, it seems like it would be so hard, but it seems like a beautiful way to like, you know, if you're, I mean, this is one of those things where it's like, if you feel like you're down and out, right. Mm-hmm. It might be an interesting, if you have it in you to like, try to be a doula, because I feel yeah. like that, like seeing people and in, and having, I mean, I've had a couple experiences, not quite like this, but I've had odd experiences in my life where I will like suddenly accidentally be the person who fills the gap for somebody in need of serious, like, I don't know, serious emotional help. Like I went to a funeral once for an old classmate oh. who I, I did not know very well, but I was like one of the few people from college who went and the family like met me and then. I didn't know. I had like I only know her for like two weeks, and, but then the family like used me as the proxy for college. Who was just like, oh, "This is her friend from college," you know. And and just I was I met the whole family, and, wow. I, and I was just like, "Damn!" Like I, this is like, and they were just putting so much like, just so much like emotional intensity on me as like they were grieving. They wanted somebody yeah. to grieve at from a part of her life that they didn't realize. And it just like really stuck with me in a really heavy way. And yeah. I think that this is, you know, this is one of those things that I think a doula or, or somebody who's kind of like an end of life care nurse is uniquely positioned to do. So um, anyway, I know we are running low on time. Um, uh, this is like we mentioned this, this required its own episode. Cause I think it's such a special thing. And I think it's, you know, it is about ask docs, but it really is like, you could see this on other subs, but Ask Docs is a uniquely positioned sub for this this story because I think that this story is just like you know, it's just uh, it's very heavy. It's very heavy and very beautiful. And um, Freed, what what are you how how you feeling over there? Yeah, no, it's it's an interesting tale of uh, of end of times. I think most people of on this listen to us and probably hang on a Reddit aren't thinking too much about their death just yet. So um, I think it's a good sort of reminder that, uh, you know, part party on, I guess, you know, <laughs> go for it. Party on. Live, I mean, life I, list. live your life. Wappy. Wappy. And, uh, yeah. And go for it, you know, and stop smoking. It is. Start it is a good smoking. reminder about stress. I don't know. I, I one of the things I, that, I that he wrote about was like uh, the stress thing and the work thing. And obviously, we all need money to like get by. But what the yeah. fuck are we all doing? We got to get out of L.A., dude. That place yeah, is killing yeah. us. Screw it. Know, We're going to the country. We're whittling wood. Wyoming. We're living in an A-frame. We're picking berries, just like that I'm guy. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. From I'm gonna find a new place to gentrify. Let's go gentrify something. Oh yeah, we can't bring anyone else with us. It's just got to be us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's so much to unpack about this. I mean, I, I you know, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna constantly. I mean, I already think about death constantly, and I think part of it's because of my dad, but also part of it's just like, I just, it's just kind of how I'm wired. I think I've just, when- I, I'm, I'm an anxious person, so I think about death a lot, and I think I've had times 
where like you know the like the one time I did DMT when I smoked DMT that one time, uh, that was like the the biggest epiphany for me is I was absolutely fixated on my own death when it was happening. And it was, and it was really interesting. Cause I was just like, I, I kind of came down from it being like, I didn't realize how much I actually linger on the concept. Wow. Or DMT is, is like the, the death molecule, right? Yeah. Maybe hypothetically yeah. like when you die, but, your brain releases it. Totally. And you go to the yeah, that's world. that's the eternal siesta. Some would claim, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I want to believe until the end that there's, um, you know, without it being a religious thing, I do want to believe that there is a, uh, there's a somehow a, a on a, your, your spirit lives on in some capacity. And I don't know what that means. I don't know how that works, but I think that, you know, it could live on through the memories of people. It could live on. I mean, nobody fucking knows. It's all speculative. It doesn't matter. Right. Like it's, it's the one mystery that nobody has figured out. And anybody who says that they know doesn't fucking know. So I think that that's, that's the other thing about all this is like the, you know, it's, there's, there's just, there's just a lot. There's a lot to deconstruct here. So I would encourage everybody who's listening to this pod or, um, you know, to to read this post and read this series of posts. Again, it is the top post of all time on Ask Docs, so it's not going to be hard to find. But um, it is, you know, it's 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 really special. It's a really special thing. It's a really important thing um, existentially and beyond. And I think particularly in the times we're in, it can be very valuable for for you to be able to think about this um and 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 use it as like a again it's like this is this is a this is allegorical and and proverbial as much as it is a real story on reddit well so to that point because as you're going about your day returning um 49 you know asinine emails about people just (laughs) creating drama just to like justify their existence and their jobs uh or will you be thinking about Robert in this post and saying like, guys, what are we doing here? Like, what are we doing? Yeah. Like, you're, you're literally fighting me just so you can prove like you have a job or a voice or something. Like, what are we, come on, let's go catch a fish and kill that thing <laughs> to prove that we dominate. To, you know, but my point is how do you, how do you square your, um, the bullshit in your life, like when yeah. when this is also, in the I back think of your it's mind. like it just helps you keep it in perspective. Because like no matter what, we all have to participate in this bullshit system. And if our job is to have those stupid conversations, like at the end of the day, I'm always going to have clients, and they're always going to like right. have you know feedback that I don't agree with or something. But like I at I feel like I got to just turn my work brain on where I'm like, I'll literally do something and undo it seven times throughout the day. And I don't care because I just need to get through the work hours. So I can go home. The, maybe, the, maybe it's the time not for you to caring. bring up death with them. Maybe, maybe you need to say, when you get that email, you go, Hey, listen, I know that this is what you need me to do, but have you ever considered your end of life plans. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a death doula? Have you been to the Ganges? Uh, I think not caring enough, like care enough to, to do a good job. Yeah. But don't care so much that it also ruins your life. Exactly. You can't care and, so much exactly. that you tie your feelings to it and your emotions to it. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a delicate dance. It really is a delicate little dance. A sexy mm. little dance. Well, for sure it's sexy. sexy. That's a hundred percent. There's one thing we can agree with is Robert died 
Very sexily. sexy. Yeah. Sexily, I would think, is the adverb we uh, he preferred to use. Work life, um, sexy little dance. <laughs> I agree. It. Um, well, okay. Dang. Cool. Well, All right. Cool. This, um, this is this has been quite the heavy hitter. I'm gonna get back um, into rollerblading today, dude. Robert got me going. Woo! Yes. Let me go bass fishing. In all seriousness, read this post is very special, and uh, you know, don't don't overthink it, but maybe spend some time meditating, thinking a little bit about it. Buy buy the Tibetan Book of the Dead on uh, on Amazon. Forgive um, what you're holding. Your Kindle. Kindle. Yeah, start yep. squaring. Start squaring your. Um, what does he call it? Uh, making amends. Make amends. Right. Yeah, start making amends. Not worth it. But 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 don't don't forget that you do, you gain nothing from forgiving George W. Bush for nine uh, eleven. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And WMDs and Obama's yeah. drone program. Sorry, can I just loop that into and yeah. uh, Bill, Bill Clinton <laughs> the, the dress and everything? We don't have to make amends <laughs> with them. No. All right. Uh, this is Did You Read It? A weekly podcast about the internet by way of right at the front page of the internet. My name is It's Your Dad. Dog boobs, Dr. Elvin Touche signing off. My free day. And I saw G- Jelaine Maxwell had a COVID outbreak in her prison cell. She's going to get killed. They're going to murder her. Just uh, said here first. <laughs> you got you to get off alt YouTube, man. You got to get off. <laughs> no, dude, I'm down. I'm, I'm too deep now. It's, there's no turning back. Okay. I'm actually up here on a fact-fighting mission. So, <laughs> all right, cool. all right. We'll see you guys later. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.